0: i believe that success comes with hard work and right decisions it doesn't matter you know we all have our goals the differences maybe is our approach or how we get there or what are maybe our formulas in in getting there
1: hi Irene. hello ruth how are you i'm good how are you really good For today's episode, I'm really excited, as always, I'm excited, Mm -hmm. because our guest for today is a lady boss, and you and I support women empowerment. So it's really good to have someone who can help us go through and walk through how it's like to be on top. So for today's episode, I would like to introduce our guest, Mitch Toledo. Hi, Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Welcome. Hi Ruth. Hi Irene. And hi to
0: everyone is listening today.
1: Yes. So before anything else, I would like to ask you, can you tell us about yourself, your career? So we would know who Mitch is. Okay. Well my career
0: started way back two thousand and four. I can say that it's a roller coaster ride, a fun journey. So it started way back two thousand and four when BPO is not yet that known in, in the country. So I started from the ranks. I worked as a sales representative. And then after a couple of years, I got promoted as a sales trainer. And then worked my way up, up until operations manager. Right now, I'm working in a global IT company as a senior manager handling customer management for North America's. Basically that's the that's the journey. I'm on my eighth year with my current company. This was the longest stint that you know I have in my whole entire seventeen years of working.
1: Wow. I, I would I assume that you started working at five years old. If you have seventeen years <laughs> of, of experience,
0: I'm proud to say that I'm already at my late thirties, and you know, I'm I'm still work in progress in terms of you know what else I want to achieve in the future. Yeah,
1: that's right, and it's really good because you started working right after you graduated.
0: That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I finished mass communication, uh, major in broadcasting, mm. and right away, you know, I worked after I graduated.
1: So you graduated with a degree in broadcasting but you ended up in sales
0: correct um a bit of surprise actually even for me because like what i've mentioned earlier you know i applied into a job or i get into an industry which i am also not aware of you know it's a bpo the bpo is just starting during that time and you know, I I vividly remember that my interview schedule. My final interview was twelve midnight. My mom even asked me as to what what job are you applied did you apply for? You know, because my interview was twelve midnight, and it was not known during that time. I'm I'm just very excited that you know I got the job at one a.m. So, you know, I my hiring, t- I was hired at 1 a.m. After my interview, I was informed that, you know, immediately I got hired. So, there.
1: Wow, that's amazing. For others, it's like, you know, the, the waiting game is really annoying for others. Mm-hmm. But for you, you're only like an hour, then you already have the… Right. Maybe they do have a different process way mm-hmm. back.
0: Because, you know, they are just a startup company. That time, they are ramping up, you know, and in short, they badly needed agents. So maybe that's the reason why it's just as fast as it was. Yeah.
1: So I'd like to ask if broadcasting or being in that industry, like, was it a dream when you were young? Or how did you ended up getting that course?
0: To be perfectly honest, you know, I'm not good in math. And when I'm looking for a course that doesn't have a lot of mathematics units, that's where I decided to take up mass communication. But, you know, personality-wise, I think it suits me as well. And that's where the decision-making came from.
1: Yeah, that's right. I have known Mitch. She's my high school classmate. And even as early as high school, she can really do good in public speaking. So she has that. And and that's why I'm not surprised that she was able to have that good journey in terms of the corporate experience. So let's go back to the career part. You mentioned that you started in the ranks as well. And you have that journey what were the challenges that you had to go through when you were still starting? Actually, Ruth, in every new phase, it's challenging.
0: You know, the unfamiliarity of the role, the responsibilities, those are challenges itself. But, you know, what's important at the end of the day is your output and the learnings. You know, your takeaways at the end of the day. Definitely the challenges and the experiential learnings are your key to success on your next roles.
1: Right, that's of course, that's true because with whatever you do, you really have to measure you know, the outcome because that's your goal. And if you don't have a goal in right. anything that you do, you will feel lost, right? Right. When you were starting, was it already in your mind that I, I want to climb the corporate ladder? I'm a goal getter And so when I started being
0: a sales representative, I'm looking forward as to what's next for me. Why I have to work hard? What are the reasons behind good performances every month? And I'm really looking up to my boss's way back. You know, it was a good journey when it comes to, or a good experience when it comes to my bosses. I had really great bosses way back, you know, very good influences. And that's when, you know, I started dreaming of what's in it for me and how am I if I will be the next in line.
1: Wow, that's a good story because that's why it's important to have a good influencer or influencers around you because you will be able to really set a standard for yourself you know, you will be able to dream for yourself early on. Unlike if you don't have anyone around you to look up to. It feels like every day is a burden. Right. It's like just something that you have to do. You're forced to do because you have to pay the bills. Right.
0: And if I may share, you know, being in training department, my my first promotion as a trainer, I honestly didn't dreamt of being a trainer. But because the, the training manager became my friend, you know, I was inspired by him and motivated at the same time as to, you know, can I do this job? You know, it's interesting to impart knowledge and to see, you know, you being part of the development of other people. And I'm also surprised that though it, it's not my dream, I'm very happy that it's part of my journey and that I used to be a trainer. And later on, maybe, maybe I can mention now that part of my plans, uh, future plans is that I'm continuing my master's in education and I'm and raw this coming semester. And and maybe that's part of the experience of being in training and wanting to know more about it and to be more professional in a way. Know more of the technical on uh, the technical aspects maybe of, you know, teaching. So part of my plans in the future is to be an educator.
1: That's really nice to know. And definitely people will learn or your future students will learn a lot from you given the experience and all of the skills that you have that you can share with them and yeah you mentioned earlier about you wanted to share your knowledge to the trainees and all that and seeing them grow is something that fulfilling right because I've become a trainer as well in my previous company and it's really good to see the journey that you are journeying with them Right. You can see from day one that they're not confident up to the last day of the training, you know. Right. And the development. So it's like you're a mother of this newbies, right? Right. It just feels so great. So moving on to the next one is which part of starting your career did you struggle the most? Is there any particular part and how did you overcome that?
0: Actually, Ruth, the challenges and opportunities come together. Mm-hmm. hence it's a matter of you overcoming those challenges at the end of the day you know your value is based on your output and whether it is an operational output or transformational output that you were able to you know share to the people around you so the struggles comes with opportunities that's my view on and there yeah
1: yeah and i'm not sure if you will agree but during the times that you struggle that's where the learning really comes from or the learning would come out and sometimes better output or better creativity comes out of that that's true experiential learning has its high
0: and lows You know, but whether it is a challenge or a success or small successes, if I may say, it's already in the book. You know, you will bring that with you to your next step. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. And really thinking about struggles, challenges as something that helps you to be prepared for what's coming. Right. Instead of taking it as negative might as well look at that as what you said as an opportunity opportunity to learn opportunity to grow opportunity to be matured in handling things you know in decision making so that's really nice it's really great that you you look at it different yeah
0: i think you know i I suggest for everyone to look at that way. That, you know, in every step of the way, whether it is a bad or good experience, you know, I, I've mentioned, you know, good bosses earlier. But even if it's, you know, a hard boss to deal with, you'll definitely, you know, learn from from those people. That when you're already on their possession, you'll not do what they did previously because you learn from those not-so-good decision-makings or you know, you've seen the impact of their actions. If you are considering them as not good bosses, you know, it's a maybe it's another story to tell or to discuss. But in every situation, even if it's a good or bad, maybe I can suggest to everyone who's listening that just keep it going and to treasure those challenges to you. Good experiences are there to celebrate, but the bad experiences, maybe or the sad experiences, are there for you to learn.
1: Very well said, right. And for all you know, that these challenges, that there's something that it's like a phase in your life or a, a circumstance that you have to look into. And when you look back, you would say, ah, okay, this is the reason why I faced that challenge. Right that's really a great point so you've already mentioned about your journey to the top like you've mentioned that you started from the ramp. and like anyone else who've achieved that success of course there's like it's not a walk in the park and for sure apart from skills or your knowledge there's also hard work. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. Apart from those three, what else do you think contributed to your success? The skills, knowledge and hard work,
0: discipline. Mm-hmm. Even if you're, you know, highly knowledgeable, your skill set is up there, but you lack the will or the right attitude towards work. That that includes discipline, being disciplined. You know, discipline is very important. Like if there's a formula in success or maybe This came from training. I know that you're familiar with this too. The will, the skill, and the will issue, right? So the will part of you being successful is very, very important.
1: Right. You have to have the why and cling to that because if you're not really serious of what you want to achieve, you can be easily derailed. Right. And even if how much
0: you want to achieve your goal but you lack discipline, I don't think you'll achieve your goal based on your timeline. You may be able to achieve it, yes. Let's put that in a positive way that, yes, you may be able to achieve your goal, but maybe not on based on your timeline because you lack discipline at some point.
1: I love that. I love that. And that's the reason why people can easily get upset that they're not getting what they want, maybe because they have to check on their discipline. How disciplined are you? You know, I believe that success comes
0: with hard work and right decisions. It doesn't matter. You know, we all have our goals. The differences maybe is our approach or how we get there or what are maybe our formulas in in getting there. I cannot share perfect formula because, you know, my formula of success and how to get there may be different from yours. And you have your own formula and that's what works best for you. So the discipline or the right decisions comes with how disciplined you are Then Maybe I can connect that with, you know, my previous answer earlier. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. So guys, you have to add that. So skills, knowledge, hard work, and of course, discipline. So moving on, because we're already talking about the success and all that. I just want to know if people get intimidated by you being a lady boss. Have you encountered any special treatment or have you heard any sexist remarks? Mm -hmm. Here in the Philippines, there might be some people around you who are... So egoistic or whatnot, or any discrimination being a lady boss?
0: Number one, I have this conscious effort for the people around me not to get intimidated. I am aware that, you know, I have this resting bitch face if I'm not smiling. And that I have a strong features if I'm not conscious to, to smile or to look pleasant. Seeing me in the hallway, sometimes I get that you know, glance, that she looks mataray or bitchy. But th- that's the reason why, you know, when when I become aware of that feedback or that perception about me, I have this conscious effort to at least smile or to greet my colleagues. I don't want them to get intimidated. Maybe I have a different perspective to be intimidated to your boss. You know, I, I don't like that because I know that I can be able to establish better relationship or good relationship if my colleagues and my direct reports are not intimidated to me. So, you know, that's a conscious effort. Second is you mentioned about this being discriminated. Honestly, I never experienced that, but maybe there are times that I didn't know that they're discriminating me because, you know, I'm a woman and I'm higher than them when it comes to the rats. But, you know, at the end of the day, I cannot please everyone, but I'll make sure that my output and my work speaks for itself and that they will change their perception of me being a woman and being into the role.
1: Yeah I became speechless <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was laughing at the first two words you said about like their resting face
0: because earlier when she get in I was like oh my gosh, <laughs> she's scary. <laughs> True, true. I am aware of that, actually. And that's the reason why you know, I have to smile, even in video calls, even in my interviews. Like, for example, you know I have to do final interviews because I'm also the hiring manager for for my team, and so for the applicants, not to get scared and not to be at their best during the interview. The applicants, you know, knowing that that will be their final interview, and the final interviewer is the yeah. highest management and that department. You know, of course, they'll get intimidated, and then coming out in the camera, looking in this face, that you know, if I'm not smiling, that will add pressure on the on the candidate. And you know, I don't want them to feel that they're not at their best because of. The interviewer,
1: yeah, and especially for managers, because we had this policy back then. Of course, I'm not gonna say the company, Mm -hmm. but we have this open door policy, right? Mm -hmm. That agents can directly go to the managers without any issues, you know. And the good thing about that, the good thing that come out of it is. There's positive reinforcement, like, you know, the agent would be able to talk to their managers openly and Mm. the output is better because they feel heard, they feel supported, they feel that the management is really there for them, not someone who would, you know, be just checking their scorecard or whatnot.
0: And we don't want to work in an environment of being intimidated Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, environment of intimidation, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We want to be in an environment where we feel to express ourselves yep. freely. But, you know, I have a caveat on that, that you you're, you can freely express yourself with respect. Of Please course. be conscious about it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes if you're giving them the opportunity to express themselves, you know, they tend to rant instead of justifying or explaining themselves in a right way. Yep. And that's how I am encouraging my team and explaining to my team that, you know we're embracing the culture of openness, yep. and I am into that. But you know, whenever we raise our concerns, maybe not to me, maybe to upper management and to our executives, make sure that you you explain yourselves with respect. And uh, yes, I'm very, very into that. You know, be open door policy and expressing themselves freely. But let's not forget that, you know, these opportunities are you know, are opportunity given to us as an employee, but let's not forget the mutual respect
1: part there. Yes, for sure, for sure. Because sometimes people might really take advantage mm-hmm. of that privilege, right? So that's why we have to, of course, still show respect and use that opportunity in a way that we can express without getting out of the topic. And just focusing on the emotion of the
0: situation, right? You know, if we want to change the culture, then we have to start from ourselves. And Mm -hmm. number one is to not be sounded as ranting. You are ranting all the time. Yeah. Just give your justification and and that's it. You know, let the upper management or the people at the higher position to consider and get your your points and collaborate and, and stuff like that. Yes, true, true.
1: And, of course, having that kind of environment will have an impact on the working relationship of everyone, right? You can really sense the teamwork being present as long as you still know the boundaries and all that and, of course, the mutual respect. That's really a great, great point. Next one, what's the hardest part of being a lady boss?
0: You know, the challenges or the deliverables or the expectations Mm -hmm. uh, of the job is a challenge itself. But again, I cannot mention any hardest part because I don't want to mention that because I'm a woman is that I cannot perform equally good as a man. and And so, you know, I cannot mention any hardest part. You know, you just have to make sure that you do your part and get the job done. So there.
1: That's, that's right and is there anything next after being a se- your senior manager now right right mm-hmm. is there
0: next definitely I'm still a work in progress you know yeah. I can say that I'm not there at the top you know I'm very excited into what's next for me still working on it and excited just to you know exploring into that. You know, the next level is a director level. Again, I'm working in a global company, and so the opportunities or the promotion is not that easy. You know, it'll take years for it to get there. um, If the listeners, whoever listens, are aware as to how the global company works or the structure, so I'm very happy right now that you know I started as a manager, and then I got promoted to senior manager. Though it, it took me like on my second year. Got promoted, and I'm already at my eighth year without any promotion, you know, because there's no need. And that's you know, global company works. There will be promotion if there's a need, not because we're not expanding, but it's based on the responsibilities needed on the role.
1: Good thing that you mentioned that because for those who are not yet in that level as you are right now. They would think that, oh, there's no promotion. Why would I want to excel more effort if there's no promotion once I get into that level? But as you said, it depends on the business need. So, yeah, at least people would know that. Because if you're not in that area yet, in that level yet, you will not know this thing. And also, if I may add, you know, you
0: will not do the job when you're already on that level. You practice doing the job while you're getting there. You harness yourself, you develop yourself so that when you get into that position, you're already ready. And you can say that you're confident, you harness yourself and you develop yourself going there. So I can say that, yes, there's no promotion for quite a, you know, um several years already. But I'm still excited and enjoying the journey that I want to tell to myself that when I get into the that next role is that I already developed the skill set. Patience is needed. That's another thing. You have to be patient as well. Don't be too excited, but you're half-cooked into the role. You have to be confident.
1: Yeah, I've heard that as well from our chief growth officer that you will not prepare once the situation is already there. Right. Mm -hmm. Preparation should come before the situation arrives. Of course, so if you would like to be promoted, of course, you have to prepare and be ready once the opportunity comes. So that's a really great conversation regarding the career part. Now, we want to know, Mitch, about her life outside of work.
0: Okay. I may be perceived serious, a serious type, because I'm disciplined when, it, when I'm at work. But, you know, outside work, I'm very chill. You know, I want parties and night outs with, with friends and spending my avail time with families and friends
2: there. So you're always in party mode on off day or not really?
0: Not the clubbing as it used to be when I'm younger. But going out and having coffee maybe, having two bottles. If that is true, then, you know, you'll stick with two <laughs> bottles. Of course, we're familiar with that term. Like, let's go out and have a couple of bottles. But, you know, it's not true at the end of the night. But, yeah, I'm into fun, having fun with, with friends. You know, maybe because of pressure of work, you want to go out. And it's a different group of people to be with.
2: Are you an outdoor type of person? Like You like hiking, camping stuff. Because in that environment, right? With your work environment.
0: Not really. They do
2: that. Okay, you're not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any sports. Sorry for, you know, if you're asking about what activities I have. Mm. I exercise when I want to, but I'm not, you know, that's not on a daily basis. Seasonal. Me too. (laughs) Seasonal. If I feel like it. (laughs) Yeah. So what else is keeping you busy aside from your work? Next month, my class will start every Saturdays. And of course... Planning and I'm scheduling to be into the group because that's on my religious side. It's another, another thing I want to grow more you know, in Christ. So I'm working on that. It's a realization that if you're successful, don't forget who to think for. And, and that's the reason why I'm into that right now. I'm putting that on my schedule. Wow. It seems like like what you said, really disciplined. Because
2: you really need discipline to actually do those kind of things. Aside from you know working, and then you would go back to class and stuff like that. And then you don't forget about your faith and all. And that's so amazing. I wish I could be that discipline Maybe one day. <laughs>
0: but you know what? When it comes to that discipline, I'm not this disciplined when I was younger. You know, maybe I, I developed this because of the demands of the career. And because, you know, I know my goal, that's part of the development that I have to, to have. So there's there's hope. <laughs> my classmates may be listening and they will disagree that... That girl is not that disciplined way back. <laughs> You're talking about discipline you were not like that. Right. Way back. But you know, that's the growth that you know we want to see in, in each other. You know, and every person that we bump into maybe in the future, right? That you want to see your classmates way back or your peers way back, how successful they are now. I um, mean, looking back, that's the progress. You know, the looking back part and then who they are now.
2: So. What were you like before, like maybe in high school,
0: college, and, you know, like the first few years in work? I'm easy-go-lucky. I'm very easy-go-lucky. YOLO. Yeah. In academics, maybe. I can say that, you know, bragging aside, I'm very blessed that, you know, I'm a fast learner, but I'm not a studio type. I don't review like on a daily basis. I don't get, you know, 100, over 100 grades way back and in, in examinations. But, you know, maybe the leadership capacity or the leadership potential is already there. in the little Mitch way back high school and elementary, because I used to be the president of the class or, you know, student council way back. But, you know, when it comes to the academics, maybe I'm not performing at my best. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you sound like a fun kid to hang out with in high school, you know, like in cafeteria. and <laughs>
0: I'm talkative and I'm very jolly, you know, I'm open, I'm very open, you know, I have a lot of topics, I can open topics and then let's talk about it the whole day, you know, I'm that type of person. It sounded like different now because the topic is kind of serious, it's more on maybe the motivational part and knowing you know, the growth of person and how you, you can achieve your goals, but you know, on a personal level, I'm very chill, I'm very, very chill and I want to have fun.
2: And... <laughs> I'm just listening at you and all of that. And from this, you said, not so performing in academic kind of person. And now you're actually managing people and you want to educate people as well. And that's like a really long journey. And the progress and the growth is like huge. My question is, do you believe in overnight success? Because people would look at you and said. You know, overnight success. She got there
0: easy, things like that. That's not my journey. It's not overnight. It's, again, it's a result of hard work and right decision. Setting your, your goals straight and having timelines as well. Again, we may not be able to achieve our goals based on our timelines. They may, there may be delays, but it's okay. I don't want us be sounded as I'm in a hurry or you have to set your timeline. And if you're not be able to get, or finish or accomplish your goals into your timeline, you're not successful, it's not that. But going back to your question, it depends on the situation. You know, overnight success, it's scary for me because how sure you are that you're ready if you got, you know, a promotion overnight and you didn't prepare for it, like what Ruth mentioned earlier. You are just lucky. It's different that you're lucky that you got into that role versus you're prepared when you you get into that role. So, I'm still into the journey. Gather all the experiences that you can get, the knowledge and the trainings that you can get. It's all about preparation in order for you to be at your best when you get into that position that you get the chance to influence people and to motivate them. Because when you get the right training, when you get the right experience, there's low risk for you to commit mistakes when you're imparting your experience to other people. So, I'm not a believer, maybe, of overnight success. That's the answer.
2: People would just like see it as you
0: had it easy, but in fact, it's not. You just work hard
2: towards. It. So now, it just you know, like I said earlier, I want the chica part. And when we started, um, seems like there is something I don't know about the love life. And Ruth wants to ask about this and. I might actually pass it to Ruth because she might know the details. <laughs> so, Ruth, would you like to ask
1: this? Okay, let me rephrase it so it will not sound, it's a chica. <laughs> but they say that when someone is successful in their career, they're not as lucky when it comes to their love life. So how true is this for you? Or how not true is this for you? I'm
0: an exemption to that saying. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Because I'm very happy, happily married with my childhood sweetheart, and that we're blessed that we were able to manage our responsibilities and our careers effectively, that it doesn't affect the quality of our relationship. So we're enjoying our lives together after almost eight years of being married. And so we're over that seven-year itch, as they say.
2: So eight years at work and then eight years good relationship. Wow. That's like, right. you have it all, I think. Hashtag sana all. Sana all. <laughs>
0: You know, there may be challenges along the way. It was a long story. You know, it was, you know, we didn't have a perfect relationship. But there is no perfect relationship at the end of the day. But as long as you are still enjoying each other's company and, you know, your responsibilities to, to the family and to your partner, I think it will
1: work. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when she said childhood sweetheart, they were girlfriend and boyfriends in high school. Yeah, Mm in secondary Mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. And then you broke up then? Yeah, they separated ways and then rekindled. Correct.
0: Mm -hmm. We're boyfriend and girlfriends for 10 years and then we broke up in a span of 7 years. And then we got together after. In less than a year, we got married. Wow. What's meant to be meant to be?
1: (laughs) Yes, that's why I said I I want this part to be asked because that's really beautiful. Like for someone who was able to be with someone earlier on and then separated ways and then got back together and
2: and they're married. Especially seven years of separation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, seven years is enough to actually find their own partners and work it out with someone else
0: but but you know i guess that is needed that is needed for us to grow separately because we've been together at a very early stage very, or very we're very young when we uh, started our relationship and and so we need to learn things outside our comfort zone and our comfort zone is each other and you know that separation helped us to be where we are now because of the realizations and the appreciation as well as to you know sometimes you you appreciate things or a person When you don't have them anymore. And maybe that's what happened. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, that's really nice to hear that from Mitch. It's like earlier she was so serious and then suddenly she's giving love advice. Yeah. (laughs) But that's true. So, actually, we've talked about your career and then we've known Mitch on somehow on a personal level. We're almost in the closing part of the conversation. And actually, the entire time that you are telling is like, okay, that's a pro tip. Okay, that's a good advice. And you mentioned there's no perfect formula earlier on, which is true, right? It, it really depends on how you look at things, how prepared you are and of course, giving your yourself to what you do and be disciplined. So see, I, I'm listening, Mitch. I'm listening. Yeah. So I just want to ask, Do you think which one is better? Aim small and gradually work your way up or aim big and work your ass off to achieve your goals in no time?
0: We have different timelines in achieving our goals. And I believe that, you know, life is not a triathlon. That whoever finished the race first is the most successful. You can be the last finisher but come up most successful. So I'll go to the second one. Aim big and work your ass off to achieve your goals in in no time. That's for me. Because I hate wasting time. I don't like wasting time. And that's for me. That's effective for me. But if you think of a different approach that will be effective for you, then that's what I will advise for you to do. Because again, we're different. We have different timelines. We have different approach in achieving our goals. So there. But, you know, with a choice, I'll, I'll go with the second one.
1: Of course, you really have to have, like, You have to think big. And if you are looking at, you know, in a bigger picture, you will be able to really plan ahead, Mm -hmm. right? If you are just looking at things, okay, I want to achieve this and it's too small, but you don't have any plans. You're just, you know, far away, far away. You might end up not achieving anything. So it still really depends on how you look at things and the effort that you put in in achieving that.
0: And that's where the formula that you asked earlier will be useful into the application on this question. That, you know, we have different formulas to success and how we were able to reach that. We have our different strategies as well, right? See,
1: it's just amazing listening to how Mitch connects her answers, how organized her thoughts are. Unlike us, like, Okay. We're scattered. <laughs> and of course, it comes because of her exposure and training. And, you know, it's good to have Mitch helping us, you know, having this kind of conversation and giving us this kind of insight as well.
0: Thank you, Ruth and Irene. I know it's really part for me to thank you. But, you know, it's my first time to be invited in this kind of platform and being able to share my personal experiences. And it inspires me as well that talking about this and looking back, I'm happy that, you know, I was able to impart this and share my experiences. And, and thank you for giving me this opportunity, really.
2: And, you know, it has a kind of impact because normally I would rush things to happen. You just want to hurry and achieve something. And then, of course, if you rush, you fall quick as well. And based on what you were saying, you know, just you have the timeline, but you don't really have to follow it and you don't have to be disappointed if you don't get to that. And that is nice to hear. And also when you said that you were not this disciplined way back, that gives me hope. <laughs> I have a chance.
0: We're all we're a work in progress. I mm-hmm. That's why I, you know, I'm also surprised that I was able to maybe, you know, not already on the top, but. At least, you know, I get somewhere coming from where I am 17 years ago.
1: And the humility of you sharing this as well. Because the main purpose actually of this podcast is just to simply talk about adulting and just sharing stories. But... At the end of the day, there would be someone who would be inspired of our story. That's why it's really great to have conversations like this because maybe for for example, I'm the one telling my story. Maybe for me, I would think uh, no one's going to listen or it will not help anyone. But really, there might be someone who's you know who, who has the same journey and wants to share the story as well or just knowing that uh, we have the same story or maybe like that's my dream at least i have someone to share that you know just that the community of it and inspiring people to know that we have different stories and it invites us to look at things or to consider looking at things the way we are looking at it now right yeah I, I said earlier you said a lot of good advice earlier but is there anything else that you want to add as advice to ladies out there who would like to become a lady boss like you? when you get into that point that you already can
0: impart learnings and share your experiences please do because you don't know how far your influence, how far you can change other people's lives. And I'm a believer as well that you always have to check yourself when you, you're you already on the top, if you're being a boss or being a leader, because it makes a difference, a big difference. And that's the reason why if you become influential in a way, along the way, along your journey, please make sure to impart your experiences and have proteges, the next in line. Make sure that there's succession, you have contingency plans because leave a legacy. These people, when you're no longer working with them, they will remember you that you're part of their journey. And I think that's the value of your success, that you're able to make another people successful and you're part of it. You're part of other people's success because you're able to share with them a lot of your experiences, you know, good and bad, and your learnings. And that's the reason why I maybe... I want to be an educator. It comes in the in the tail of of my of my goal as it's not part of my initial goal. I thought I'll be very happy working in a corporate world. I'll be retiring doing this job. But it hit me uh, in a surprise that you know I want to be an educator and that's the next step for me. It's not late. It's never late for us to dream and have another Path, career path maybe or for us to fulfill our passion because i honestly think being an educator is a secret passion of me i didn't know this at first but eventually it sparks into my interest
1: so there. i like when you said that it's a secret passion how did you know that it's a passion like how, how did it come up
0: maybe i'll go back to my training days I've mentioned to you earlier that the training manager became my friend. And this person influenced me to go into training. And from there, after training, when I got into operations, I have this passion to develop people. And that's maybe I keep on mentioning learning, development. When it comes to people management, I was able to develop that skill. But when it comes to the passion or secret passion, you know, that term... Now maybe I, I just invented that term, but I didn't know that. Unconsciously, I'm into development. At the end of the day, what's important for me, you will perform if you keep on developing yourself. And maybe that's the root of you know being a trainer, being in training in development. And after how many years that keeps on bugging me, maybe that I want to be an educator. You know, I'm happy with what I'm doing right now. But being part of the journey, the success of other people is also important for me. That's fulfilling on, on my end. And though, you know, you may be able There some may say that, um, or some can say that, you know, if you're already in operations, definitely you can train them and focus on their development and, and those kind of things. But, It's different if you develop yourself to be expert in that aspect. And for me, that's where I decided to get the technicalities and know more about teaching. So mm-hmm. or
1: teaching method. The good thing about this is that you are going to train or you are going to impart your experience to younger generations.
0: Correct. Not into the professional level, right?
1: And it would go back to the preparation that you were saying earlier. So you are going to help them prepare the moment they hit the corporate world. Right. Maybe it's
0: more valuable, right? The input will be more valuable. The preparation comes early. That's really, really inspiring, Mitch.
1: Yeah, that's true. So that's actually it and it's really a good
0: conversation. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Mitch, thank for sharing. Thank you, Ruth, thank you, Irene. Again, it was a nice and fun discussion, you know, it's a nice session. Again, it's my first time, so I apologize if you know, I buckle a little earlier.
1: We always buckle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, at the end of the day, the more, uh, the, you know, please look into the content or the intent as well of what we are trying to impart. And again, guys, thank you so much good luck into your podcast I really hope that it will get bigger in the future
2: yeah we hope that too
0: and at least I'm part of the first guest season two no? yes no, I'm part of the, the growth of your podcast so you know congratulations and good luck guys thank we- you Ola.
1: Oh, oh, tears, tears 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 so that's it guys thank you so much for listening and tuning into where the F? Am I heading? Once again, this is Ruth. And this is Irene. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay.